0: all right let's go <clears throat> this podcast contains uh explicit language adult beverages delicious tobacco and what's that say flagrant misuse of dice what does that even mean who the hell wrote this to hell with it i need a drink huh oh okay whatever <clears throat> this is the dice and pipes podcast Bursting out through the streets of Luskin, and come to you from the West Cabin. Welcome to die Some Pipes. What's going on, Chris? How are you? What do you think happens on the streets of Luskin? <laughs> Dude, we don't fucking talk about the streets of Luskin. You know what happens on the streets? It's, it's beneath the streets of Luskin. That's the <laughs> issue. So what happens on the streets of Luskin stays within
1: the streets of Luskin?
0: Underneath, because people walk the streets of Luskin and then they're grabbed by cannibalistic human underground dwellers. Also known as Chud. <laughs> With periods between the letters.
1: It was very important that they pointed that out on the cover. Right? Yes. It was gigantic letters but very thick, obvious periods.
0: Uh yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh I I am a fan of movies and my favorite genre of movie is is horror movies. So I, I it's I, it's October. It's Halloween season, so I find myself watching copious amounts of scary movies with my daughter. She's going to end up being like some kind of fucking horror novelist. There you go. She watched Evil Dead Mm -hmm. with me. She's watched... uh, We watched Hellraiser. One of my favorite series ever. Yeah. Hellraiser's good. Uh, I'm a big fan of Pinhead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hellraiser 4, I think, is one of my favorites because they
0: go into space. Every time a horror franchise goes into space yes. is when it's, it's pinnacle. Uh, Jason X. Exactly. And people would say like that's the point when horror
1: movies jump the shark, so to speak, but not fucking Hellraiser. No. Mm-mm. Not Hellraiser or Event Horizon. Oh, my God. Dude, Event Horizon was one of the greatest movies I had ever seen. When that movie came out, I was blown away. Everything. I was just obsessed to the point where like that's when I think I started that fucking stupid movie. I think, sparked my interest in astrology.
0: I didn't know what, what like an event horizon was. And now how much have you learned about astrology since then? Volumes. <laughs> I can write encyclopedias. So we learned what an event horizon was, and, and that's and where then it, then it ended. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I learned what event horizon meant, and then I learned what spaghettification was and i was like this is amazing spaghettification yeah yeah so when uh, i know what it is but for the listener out there right no then you know explain please no go ahead you, you your words are I, far I, more eloquent than than mine i do not want to steal your thumb. oh out, i'm sorry.
0: sorry so go ahead
1: so you have a black hole <laughs> you have the event horizon which is the point of no return right once you once you pass beyond the event horizon you cannot there is nothing In the world that's fast, in in the universe that's fast enough to break free from the gravitational pull of a black hole. So, when you go into or beyond the event horizon, deeper into the black hole, the forces by which the mass, the central force of this black hole, are pulling on mass that's being drawn into it, it's exponentially greater closer towards the center of the black hole than on the exterior of whatever the mass is that's being pulled. So what ends up happening is the force is so extreme that it's called spaghettification. It literally is tearing you apart, and you would look like spaghetti. You'd look like strands of
0: fucking fusilli being pulled into a black abyss. You enter a place of sight and sound. Yes. (laughs) Uh... You know, speaking of spaghetti, I want to ask your opinion on this. Uh, many years ago... What a great transformation. Uh, that's what I do. I mean, you, yeah. you I, I feel like I'm sitting across from Neil deGreese Tyson or whatever the fuck. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, many years ago, I went to a dinner party with an Italian, much like yourself. Uh, loved telling me that he was Sicilian. Loved bringing that up which I find is a common trend with Sicilian folks. They love letting you They know love f-
1: bragging about it.
0: They're from Sicily. Yeah.
1: And then then they always like to throw in there and 99% of them are full of shit, but they always like to throw in there that maybe they got a cousin who may or may not have been part of like some crime family. Ah, you know. They always want to make you think that they
0: were the reason why goodfellas was made. Okay. Yeah. Uh so I went to this person's house for uh, for a dinner party. And he made, of course, Italian food. And uh, he made pasta and gravy. I remember him telling me that he was making pasta and gravy. I'm like, that sounds fucking terrible. Like, I, Listen, I am a redneck.
1: Uh, uh, so you're thinking like turkey gravy. Right.
0: I am not a... Po- I like brown gravy. I like white gravy. I like country gravy. I like giblet gravy. I like all gravy. If you were to cut me open... Gravy would spill from my veins. Would it now. Yes. Uh, so I, I was shocked to find that this Sicilian man called his tomato sauce gravy really upset me. But, I, I call it
1: sauce. R- right. And Just there like, are Italians out there, fellow Italians, that will go fucking mad over the fact, the whole sauce versus gravy argument.
0: Yeah, that's like uh, New York and New Jersey, like ham uh, or Taylor ham and... um, Pork roll. Pork roll. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's really more of a Jersey thing, those fucking assholes. Like a North Jersey versus South Jersey. Because even in New York, not to go on a tangent here, but even in New York, dude, there are a lot of people that have never heard of either. Right. Pork roll or Taylor. Well, the
0: thing with New York and New Jersey is ham, egg, and cheese or Taylor egg and cheese, or in your case, Taylor egg. Yeah, no cheese. But
1: no, it's pork roll egg and cheese or
0: Taylor ham egg and cheese. Right. And then there's New York who are like, who the, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Just use right. ham. We're bacon. Right. You know? Or if you grew up where I grew up, mm-hmm. Spam. Spam. Spam
1: with some gravy. Do you put the Spam on with a butter knife? I've never cracked open a tin
0: of Spam. I was never poor. I'm, I'm going to warn you now. mm-hmm. mm-hmm if you were to look at my body of work when it comes to podcasting, yes, there are few things in this world I enjoy more than a good Thanksgiving episode in which we eat weird shit. In which you eat weird <laughs> shit. I will I will be the
1: judge and the purveyor of truth to see wow. if you can make it through. I can never
0: get a co-host that will just eat shit. <sighs> eat shit? No, 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 I'm good. Thank you. I, I will pass. Well, I think we agreed that we're going to eat something or drink something from every country that listens to us right we oh uh, 100% but like yeah, we legitimate. can get some tira- tiramisu we can get some yeah, uh, tiramisu uh, tiramisu spotted dick no you can enjoy
1: yourself some spotted dick spotted with that dick white gravy that you love no. so much
0: <laughs> <laughs> no it's a, it's a it's like a pudding like a like a flan it's delicious it's a dessert w- why would extra spots on my dick
1: not extra dick and your spotted dick. Like, why would somebody name it that? Is it D I C K? Yeah. Why? I think I. I mean, I have to fact check that. But. Where is that from, and why? Why wouldn't that name be changed? That's what
0: I want to know. That's what we all want to know. Yep. And we will find out this Thanksgiving, when I prepare a feast. This is gonna be good. Right here in the West Cabin. <laughs> mm. Uh. So anyway, so I go to this guy's house. Yes, and, I'm sorry. Uh, he, he puts he, he makes the gravy, which is tomato sauce if, if everyone's following along. He puts the gravy in a big tremendous bowl on the table then a big tremendous bowl of pasta. And you take the pasta hold on pause. So he has two bowls on the table. Yeah okay. is the pasta dry? I don't remember. In my mind's eye, I remember it being like gently tossed in okay. gravy. Okay, that, that's fair. Like stained. Well, okay, that's fair. I, I'm I'm following. Okay. So you take the bowl of pasta, and then you take the bowl of sauce, uh, gravy, and you pour it onto your 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 desired requisite amount of sauce. Yes. Under your under your under your pasta, and that's normal. I was kind of surprised by the meatballs that were in the sauce. Because they were... Delicious, I'm sure. ...smooth. Like, smooth as a baby's ace. Smooth meatballs? That's impossible. That's what I was thinking. But I was thinking maybe they're turkey, or he's got some weird Sicilian trick that makes the meatballs smooth. No, but even if, like, you form the meatballs, right, you got to fry them before you put them in the sauce, or maybe, you know, some people bake them. Yeah.
1: But it's meat. Right. You know, it's like fucking making a hamburger. It's not smooth.
0: Now, the sauce was very chunky. But still, through the chunky okay. gravy, I could tell that these meatballs were very smooth. And I, I was perplexed by it, but whatever. Uh, so I have my bowl of pasta now, complete, mixed with the gravy and a couple of meatballs. And I love a good meatball. Yes. So I take my fork. I'm, I'm bullshitting with the people around me. I'm cutting it with the fork, and it's one of those things Like I cut it and I start spooling it around the spaghetti, then I look up and start talking to the person across from me, and I take a bite, and what do I find? Hard-boiled egg. I am not one of those...
1: Just say that one more time. I don't think I heard you correctly. So you, you spooled up the pasta. Uh-huh. You did the typical like Italian thing, right? You, you took a spoon,
0: yep. your fork, scooped the spaghetti, twirled it. Left a little space of prongs of the fork to get a little chunk of the meatball on so the you, end.
1: You cap off your spaghetti with a piece of what you thought was meatball, and you're in the middle of conversation. You take this fork. You put it to your mouth. You bite into it, not realizing what was going on because, again, you're making eye contact with the person that you're talking to. Just say again what you bit into hard boiled egg okay
0: oh no i'm don't. leaving no wait i've had enough why is there a pen in your pocket what? oh i had to go to the bank you're so old
1: i had to sign checks
0: you're such an old fuck i had to sign checks
1: don't people sign checks oh no people take photos now with their- <coughs> no, no, let's not get away from your story sorry so y- you had pasta with
0: sauce and hard boiled eggs yes as the most italian person that i know can you confirm or deny this? I've never heard of this. Okay.
1: And I actually I, I, I took that bit of information home to my wife and I asked my wife to ask her mom, who her family is like right off the boat from Italy. And um, yeah, never heard of that. Now I could be wrong. Maybe that's like a regional thing within Sicily or It was terrible. Dude, it doesn't make any sense. Why no. would you hard boil
0: an egg and then put it in fucking tomato sauce? No, like and I'm even willing to get experimental and maybe just the white. The chalkiness of a hard boiled yolk mm-hmm. was very counterintuitive to the sauce. It really upset me. Is what I'm trying to get at.
1: I'm a, I'm I'm so broken up over this. I'm upset with you. Thank you. I didn't even eat it. But I'm upset. Neither did I. <laughs> yeah, I would have put my fork down after that. I would have questioned everything. His Italian lineage.
0: I after that. I am not one of those people that get flipped out by things in my food. Like uh, Tiffany, if, if there's an eggshell in her eggs, she can't eat anymore. If she crunches it on an eggshell, ruins shell, the
1: entire meal. She's done.
0: The we entire actually entire meal. We actually got into a fight with a diner chef because she ordered uh, eggs over medium. Grill
1: attendant. <laughs> The line, the, the cook. The line cook.
0: Hold huh. on. So she ordered it over medium. Yep. And it came out how? Over medium. But she as soon as she took a bite, there was a crunch of shell in there. Pushed the whole plate. She's like, I'm sorry. I can't do this. The cook comes out and starts yelling at us. What the fuck is the problem with my eggs? What? Yeah. I would have left.
1: Uh, you, you, you can't send it back and ask for more food when the cook comes out and right. starts yelling at
0: you. So we had just started dating when this happened, so I I had to go above Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. So I stood up, and uh, I just said, hey, listen, maybe learn how to crack an egg and this won't happen. Ooh. And I am seven feet tall, so he just kind of muttered under his breath, and he had the waitress deliver a bowl of oatmeal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good. Still charged us for the eggs. Get out of here. But now me... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, and I would feel bad if this happened today, because I would yell at my wife, like, "Just fucking eat the eggs. Just pull the eggshell out." Yeah, And eat it. Now I could eat the egg and bite down on half of the shell and just, yeah, spit it out. Oh man, that sucked. Yeah, you just pick it out. You know, yeah. whatever, and, and keep and going, throw it away. Things in my food does not bother me. That the the hard boiled egg inside the sauce, gravy, that mm-hmm. bothered me.
1: Yeah, that's very strange.
0: You know how awkward it is, by the way? Um,
1: <clears throat> you know, I'm not 100% Italian, but I am Italian. So I, I enjoy a lot of Italian food. It is a little weird, though, when when you're having... Um, my schedule doesn't permit the old Italian like Sunday like dinner. Sunday dinner. Yeah. So whatever. I, I'll make sauce myself. I wish it did, because I would come to your house every Sunday. Oh, dude, it would be delicious. Fuck. Um, you know, I'll make sauce. The wifey makes sauce. Uh, we go to my family, that they're always making sauce or gravy, oh, whatever the fuck you want to call yeah, it. Yes?
0: You, you, you did make the, uh, well, I think your wife made the chicken cacciatore. She did make Delicious. chicken
1: cacciatore, which is amazing, which is unfortunate, because she doesn't eat it. Yeah. She makes it, but she won't <laughs> eat it. More for me. More for Yeah, exactly. More to share. Um, it is a little weird, though, when you're sitting at the table, and I always make it a point. See, we don't put the sauce in a separate bowl. What we'll do is take like the meatballs and the sausage and all the chicken or whatever that you, you've made in the sauce. You would put that in a bowl, but then the leftover sauce that you're going to use to top off the pasta goes in a boat. And what do you call that boat? A gravy boat. I always make it a point because sauce my boat. family gets ve- no. My family gets very aggravated over it. I always make it a point to call it the gravy boat. Oh, we're having pasta and sauce. Do me a favor, pass the gravy boat, please. Not, not because oh, they're not happy. They're, they're diametrically opposed to gravy. Yes. they are sauce, hundred percent. A hundred percent. It doesn't matter, and. <laughs> From what I understand, there's like two different ways to approach it. If if it's not chunky, like you had said, if it's not chunky, it's sauce. If it's chunky, it's gravy. Oh. that That's what I've heard. Okay. I don't give a shit. You know, yeah. it's like you say tomato, I say tomato. I, it's sauce for me. Right. But I like to, my family is so offended by the word gravy that when they put the sauce in a gravy boat, I like to ask for the gravy boat.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what it is.
1: Exactly. There's sauce in the gravy boat. That yeah. can happen.
0: Always. Two, two things can be true at the same time. I've learned that recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your family would hate me because you would smarten me up to that little factoid and uh, dude, it could be bacon and eggs. Give me the gravy, <laughs> uh, butter, <laughs> everything would be gravy.
1: You would also constantly ask, why are there no eggs in my sauce? <laughs> where's the eggs? <laughs> Where are the fucking eggs? Like the old lady, where's the beef?
0: <laughs> Where are the eggs? Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Reddit. And speaking of wet r- Yes. And it
1: starts actually we made it pretty far. What are we about like eight to ten minutes in? You see here on the uh D D edition of the Dyson Pipes. 16 famous world renowned podcast. Uh when you fuck up a word, it puts you in a roll to drink situation. I did not say drink to roll this week. Uh D&D side we're doing a D20 has to be greater than 10 otherwise Brian is drinking let's hope for a 1 and we get the oh can't keep it on can't keep it on the fucking table this is becoming a common theme for you what is going on are you you're like fucking pele So Brian is trying to bend down, pick the dice up on the floor that he missed the table twice. He caught it the first time. Second time it went to the floor. He starts kicking it around. There's like a uh, the way the leg is for the table. There's like a a barrier that I believe he's trying to kick it against. What did you get? Four. (laughs) Yes. And Brian is drinking. I don't even remember what word I misspoke on. Reddit. You just could not get Reddit out. You were trying to give credit to a great
0: Yes, thank Reddit. you. I, I completely forgot what I was even doing. Poster, yes, please. What
1: What the fuck <laughs> was that? <laughs> <laughs> that? That was the most like, indirect way <laughs> of bringing a microphone to your mouth. That was awesome. Wow. Uh, let, me so get, let me get my pen out and take notes here.
0: We are drinking the same thing. So let's start. Put it back in your pocket, you fucking No, oh, I'm sorry. You would like this pen, though. Okay. Yep. It's very weighty. It's got a lot
1: of heft to it. I'm sorry.
0: uh, We're drinking the same thing. Uh, Last week, I made a decree to uh, Mm -hmm. our sommelier, Michael J. Fish, and he came through in shining colors. Grateful Dog on Reddit recommended a drink to us, and here we are with it. Thank you, Michael, for all you do. He really Uh, did nothing. All he did was go to the fucking store. Like, really? (laughs) I mean, let's give
1: credit where credit is due. The real credit goes to Grateful Dog. Unless this tasted like shit, and then I would rip into that, dude. But this is actually really good. And what is it that we're drinking? This is Jameson Irish Whiskey Caskmates Stout Edition.
0: Here is my professional whiskey analysis of this drink. Mm -hmm. When I take a sip of this, it tastes like Jamo. Like we just did a shot of Jameson. And then in the background, after it leaves your esophagus, making its journey to the stomach, the taste that's left behind in the mouth parts is that of Guinness. So when I drink this, it reminds me of an entire poorly chosen night. <laughs> it tastes like we've been drinking Guinness all night and started getting stupid. Yes. And we're ending the night with... Uh, Shots of Jameson. Yeah, a few more of these. It's going to be a little coyote ugly in the morning.
1: You know, It's going to get bad. Yeah. I am not... This is very funny because <clears throat> I am not an Irish whiskey fan. There's really only... There's one... So far, there's only one Irish whiskey that I found to enjoy, and that was Red breast. I like Red Breast. Uh, but prior to that, I've never been a fan of Jameson. I've never done shots of Jameson at the bar, even in my youth. I, I just... I was never into it. I just really did not appreciate the taste of Irish whiskey. And if there's something that I despise more than Irish whiskey is fucking Guinness. Guinness I think is the most gross. I don't know what it is. There is something about like thick, heavy, coffee-like beer. Yeah. That I just my palate does not agree with. My stomach definitely does not agree with. And it's weird because this doesn't say anything about Guinness, I'm just going to assume that that's what they use. It just says that it's finished in craft beer barrels.
0: Yeah, well, I think Guinness but it has is that stout, taste. right? Yeah, that yeah. That's well, that's the
1: stout edition, right? Yeah. There is something about this that is delicious, and I thought it was going to be so much heavier, right? I thought it was going to be like a real heavy, I thought I was going to have to smoke like a very strong, like uber Latakia blend. To in, combat the, yeah. the whiskey. And actually, you know, in order to get like flavor out of my tobacco, and this is actually smooth. Like, I get that that taste that you're talking about with the Guinness, but it's not overbearing. Like, right. I'm not like, I'm not looking to fucking throw up because my stomach is full. It just gives you like a little hint of that flavor. Which is really good. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So thank you. Uh, what was the fella's name on? Uh, on Grateful night? Dog. Grateful Dog. We appreciate your recommendation. Couldn't find the other. What was the name of the other one? Something Mills? Jonah Mills? Jo- Noah Mill. Noah Mill. Couldn't find it at my liquor store. Hmm. Don't know why that is, but
0: anyway. Uh, yeah. And Clyde has provided us some tobaccos. I am smoking uh, from GLPs, the fine people that brought you ah the penny farthing. This is uh, Odyssey. It's a a Balkan, and uh, I'm 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 not gonna lie. I popped the tin, and I was very underwhelmed uh, by the tin note. But the tobacco itself, I believe, excuse me, escuche, I believe uh, people have claimed that this was creamy, and I understand what they're saying. It is a very, um, I can't think of another adjective other than creamy, but it's like a very creamy Balkan. Um, This is probably only my third Balkan. I've had the White Knight, the... Orango, and now this. Um, and it's been such a long time since I've had White Knight that I'm not prepared to offer a comparison. I think I like this better than the Arango. Um, It's softer, uh, and it's the room note is amazing with this. So uh, I am pleased with this tin. I will probably buy another one. This might end up in my rotation of one right now, which is Pirate Cake. So I'll have Pirate Cake and GLPs. Uh, what do you got going on over on your, up? Oh, this just in. Did you ever have the plum pudding? Yes. Balkan. Is it? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm just looking really quick. I just wanted to see. Oh, shit, plum pudding is amazing. Dude, Balkans in general are just good. And again, I still cannot for the life of me. Why do I think plum pudding was a vapor? No. If anything, I thought it was in English, but and, and that's what I don't understand. Um and I think that still goes to our uh our youth in the field of uh pipe tobacco smoking. The difference between Or that
0: we're half drunk ninety percent of the time.
1: Well that that definitely could be it. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so I think so far we've had, like you said, the Arango, that Odyssey. Well, I haven't had that yet, but the Odyssey, the White Knight, um we have... Oh, do we actually get into the order that we made? No. All right, we could talk about that in a minute. Um, the plum pudding. You know what I'm dying to try? This Penzance. Everybody talks about fucking Penzance. This esoterica blend.
0: Yeah, that was something that we we talked about. Yeah, cannot get your hands on it.
1: I, I guess it's like a really small kind of like boutique tobacco place over overseas. Um, can't get your hands on it.
0: It's never available.
1: Yet when I watch people do like their cellar tours, d- these guys have fucking bags and bags and bags and bags of fucking Penzance So they're hoarders.
0: I and there's like, nothing
1: I dislike more is a hoarder, especially a tobacco hoarder that what has I'm fibromyalgia. Sons of bitches, give him Propecia No, lyrica.
0: No, <laughs> either one. Whatever. Sudden cardiac death. <laughs> Uh yeah, I, I like to keep pounds and pounds of, uh, super value. Yeah, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> why not Cavendish <laughs> for two dollars a pound? What uh, what are you working on over there? What has what has Clyde von Helwind provided for you? By the way, the
1: Odyssey smells delicious.
0: It does. It's it, I, I'm a big fan.
1: It is. It's like one of the the few tobaccos that for some reason that you've lit up, even with the door open, that just like really hit my my nose, and it, it smells really good. I thought, when we were going to start this, I saw Jameson, I saw Stout Edition, I was thinking Guinness, I thought it was going to be very heavy. So originally, I was thinking, look, Clyde, do me a favor, give me an English. And after sipping it, and realizing how smooth it was, uh, we went in another direction, and uh, Clyde provided me with a little... Sutliff Crumble Cake, Red Virginia, which is the first time I have a couple of tins of this. This is the first time that I am uh, I am smoking it, and there is something about sniffing a tin of Virginia that has that like that vinegar smell to it. That when you sniff it, it completely flushes out your nasal right. passages, and you taste it in the Virginia too. There's a couple of reviews that say that you really don't get the the uh, not the
0: Virginia that you don't get the the vinegar. Vin- the what? Yeah, yeah, The I knew you were gonna fuck, fuck it up. That was like one of those videos where you watch a guy fall for three minutes straight.
1: Or <laughs> well, my breakpoint guy. When yeah, I'm just <laughs> in suspended falling motion. Seventeen. I'm gonna finish this anyway because I like
0: it. That that's not in the spirit of the game. It's in
1: the spirit of drinking. Okay. Um. Yeah, a lot of people say that you don't get that, like, vinegar taste out of it. But maybe it's not so much vinegar as it is tangy. So if you like a tangy Virginia, this is the way to go. After reading, it seems like a lot of people say that with a little age on this, I guess McClellan, I've never had it, but this McClellan 5100 uh, was very, very popular. And, of course, as everybody knows, McClellan is no longer around. (laughs) Um, But there are quite a few people that say that if you put a little age on this uh, Sutliff Crumble Cake, Red Virginia, that it could be brought up in the same conversation as 5,100. So that remains to be seen. I have a couple of tins that are put away. I think I'll break one open after a year, maybe two? Five. Five years. Five years. Five-year anniversary. So at the five-year mark of the podcast, we'll start breaking open some old tins. Right. Because I just broke the 23-pound mark. But you just said you were out of tobacco. I am out of tobacco. We talked about this. I'm out of opened tobacco. So in an effort to combat that and create some sort of rotation, not only for my personal use, but for the show. So that way, at least Clyde has a decent stash, right, to, to choose from for us to smoke. Uh, we both had put in a, uh, we both put in a couple of orders. So I picked up five new tobaccos. I'll put some pictures up on, uh, on Instagram if you're interested in Dyson Pipes. Uh, Not only did I get the Sutliff Crumble Cake, but I picked up uh, Hearth and Home, Black House. Uh, Also by them, a little Magnum Opus, some Cornell and Deal Opening Night, which is really good. I smoked that the other day. That's really good. Um, And some Orlick Golden Sliced.
0: I got this uh, GLP's Odyssey, and mere hours after I placed the order and it shipped, uh, we were talking, before we started recording, how we have our little rotation of websites that we visit in the morning, sometime in the afternoon, and then before bed. So I place my order. Hours later, I'm going through my rotational websites. It's kind of the thing like you open your fridge, even though you're not hungry. You just open the fridge door and look in it. Right. I, I still go to smoking pipes. I just ordered tobacco, a new lighter, pipe cleaners, a bunch of, uh, a cornucopia of shit. I have no reason to go to smoking pipes, but it's just on my rotation, so I go. It's like opening the fridge door. Right. And I see um, this limited edition, The Haunting, uh, by Warped, who well, I guess are like cigar manufacturers. Now, this is a Cornell and Deal uh, thing here. They made 1,000 tins okay. of this. Yeah. <clears throat> And for some fucking reason, I had to go on the website hours after they announced this, and I was able to get my hands on two tins of this. It is a luxurious aroma, heady and vibrant. It envelops you. It's got dark sweetness laced with tones of leather and subtle spice. Rises from a gentle ember illuminating the surrounding darkness. As the tiny coal wanes, the fragrance lingers, its phantom tendrils curling, beckoning you further into the deepening shadow. 2,000 tins, I'm sorry. I have tin 1,154. What do you have? 1,446. There we go. So now we know that
1: Smoking Pipes does not keep these on a shelf numbered, like in numerical order. Right. Right, they just pick two random tins. Which now I'm going to be very upset since last night at 12.01 <laughs> when Cornell and Deals' Carolina Red Flake launched. I picked up three tens, hoping that I would get, I don't know, 8, 9, 10, 83, no, I'm going to get like 8,763, 4,592, and 5,003. And that's going to drive you bonkers. Yeah, because they're not in numerical order. I'm not going to be, how am I going to put them in my collection? Oh, should I also read this from the uh, haunting label? Sure. This product can expose you to tobacco smoke, which is known to the state of California to cause cancer. And nicotine, which is known to the... Everything is known to the state of California. What is it that California does not know? That's what i
0: want. California knows everything.
1: They know everything. They also see everything. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh
0: so we have some Dungeons and Dragons gameplay yes. lined up for everyone. Yes. Alright, we'll see you on the back end. Well no? before we get to that, I wanted I there's something I want to do. I would like to propose a toast. This toast kind of uh is incorporating one of your toasts, which is the English language. In general. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's also incorporating a discussion that we had last week about giving away this creme brulee and how to spell creme brulee. Okay. My toast today is to the word flambe. 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 What's wrong with the word flambe? Number one, it's got that little (laughs) on the E at the end. Yeah, yeah. And that, well, you know what? Let me rephrase this. I don't have a problem with just the word flambe. I have a problem with flambe in general. You don't like anything flambéed? No, who does? What do you like flambéed? Oh, all the
1: time. I have uh, eggs flambé. Delicious. <laughs> you, you never had a, a nice poached hen flambe? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about roasted duck flambe? Confucius. <laughs> wrote about this I'll wait,
0: wait a long time with my mouth open <laughs> for Flambe duck to fall in it is obnoxious it's normally done table side some fucking snooty prick comes out of the kitchen rolling a little cart puts a little pan on a hot plate starts cooking some shit and then sets everything on fire and here you go yes I've never
1: gone to a restaurant and ordered anything flambe. And the only memory that that this conversation kind of like sparks in my mind, and I don't even think it's flambe. It's just the, the idea of going tableside and lighting shit on fire to complete a meal was a... What the fuck is that show with Gordon Ramsay? Is it Kitchen Nightmares? It's the one where he goes to these different mm. restaurants.
0: With the, the roof tile? Yes. And the steak? There is nothing
1: <laughs> more infuriating than this old man pushing out this fucking, like, 1960s cart. As it. <laughs> this guy, like, fumbles his way over to the table. Gordon is completely disgusted. This guy has roofing tiles and then lights some fine, like, gravy and pours it over a steak. Like, guy, what the fuck are you doing? Gordon should have taken that steak and thrown it at his face.
0: Yeah. Uh I and deserved. Of flaming hot oil and all. Yep. Uh make him look like Freddy Krueger. Uh there's a restaurant in Long Island uh that's all about something similar uh which is um fondue. So now you have a problem with fondue, flambé
1: and fondue. Do you you don't What about like like chocolate fondue? That's fucking delicious. You like you dip fruit in it. I've There's been to a couple of weddings where they've had like a fondue station and it's very, very high society. It's delicious. No, it's
0: not. Sure it is. It's like a fucking chocolate fountain. And you just It's a chocolate fountain. It's not fondue. Fondue uh, is where you have a big fucking bowl in the middle of the table with melted shit in the middle of it. Oh.
1: Oh no, no, no. I don't I don't go for that. No, no, no. That's disgusting.
0: Yeah. There's a restaurant in Long Island where they mm-hmm. give you raw like piles of raw meat in bite-sized chunks. Okay. You take your fondue fork and you put it into the fondue oil which is being burned by a flambé candle on the bottom and it boils or fries. So this is a collaboration between fondue and flambé. Listen, you got to stop. What? And you got to collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new adventure something. Grab a hold of me tightly. So the date on made it up nightly. nightly. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> wow! Do you think any of his n- new songs reflect his uh, like new real estate ventures? No, no, nah, probably not.
0: All right, stop. Time for closing. in Listen. <laughs> Lawyers' fees. My bank account glistens. Vanilla Ice, piece of shit. Um. So yeah, they have this restaurant. It's it's a bowl of flambé oil, and you take your long little goofy fork, and you listen. I think I have to expand this toast. I don't like theatrics when I eat. Period. So what about hibachi? Fuck that. What? You don't. Okay. I don't need some fucking <laughs> head flicking. <laughs> <laughs> flicking shrimp in my throat trying to kill me. (laughs) I don't want your shrimp, Mr. Khan. (laughs) I used to stack you people (laughs) ten feet tall.
1: (laughs) Wow. Oh,
0: God. i to need a drink. Oh, i to make onion volcano. Ha, ta, ta. And then the smoke comes up. Fuck you. I don't know if Z if is the appropriate <laughs> term.
1: I, don't, I think we've moved beyond that post Vietnam War.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Sorry, <laughs>
1: <laughs> So, So you, you have a problem with hibachi
0: i have a problem with theatrics give me fucking food that's what i'm here for i'm here for food but the food ends up being really good
1: okay how about this how about how about presentation of food how about the way the food is presented on the plate does that bother you or you just don't give a shit it should just be on the plate no no presentation is good so that's that's just visual presentation
0: yeah, I don't I don't need David Copperfield fucking flying from the <laughs> ceiling, fucking making things explode for me to eat. Hold on. Isn't this the same? Didn't you go to that ninja restaurant yes, in I the did.
1: city? And didn't you enjoy it immensely? It was different. It, no. That was all theatrics behind...
0: No, that was totally different. ...preparing your food. That was... It's one of those things like uh, mm-hmm. when you keep telling the same joke that's not funny, eventually the joke becomes funny. That was so over the top and so far out of way... That was an event. That wasn't dinner. Uh, that was. That was like eating during like a so, Broadway show. <clears throat> I think it's 25 Hudson Street, if I remember correctly, in beautiful downtown Manhattan, mm-hmm. in the heart of the financial district. There's this very nondescript stained glass door, a smoked glass door that just says Ninja on it. Ninja. And you open it and you walk in, and there's a little like 10 by 10, 10, ten. ten by 10, 10 ton. 17 Wow there's a 10 by 10 room with a podium and a little uh, Japanese girl standing behind it okay and you, she says oh reservation and you give them your name and she beckons you to the back of the room and the wall opens and it's actually an elevator you step in and the elevator goes down and sort of the lights start flickering and you can hear the music rising in a subtle crescendo the doors Ooh. open and you're in a cave. You're in an underground cave in New York City. a cave. And it's carved rocks. It looks like the Bat Cave. And there's a man in ninja costume standing there. And he says, safe path or dangerous path. Oh. And you'd notice that the cave makes a T-shaped intersection. Okay. So we look at each other. And we look back at him. And before we can answer, he goes, hey, dangerous path. (laughs) And off he goes. So we start following him. And we're falling through this twisting tunnel, and you emerge into a ninja village with a waterfall.
1: What do you think would happen if you went in the other
0: path? You'd end up the ten place. feet down. Yeah, down. So down okay. Ground. So there's no difference. Uh, as you walk around, ninjas will fall from the sky. So you're in a
1: cave underground, but then there's a sky. Yep. Each
0: table. Each table is in its own little hut. So you're in like a little village. Okay. Is anybody getting, like, bamboo shoots, like, pushed? <laughs> Drilled into their throat? <laughs> no. Uh, and everything that they give you, all the food that they give you, smokes or, or explodes or does some kind of weird shit. Okay. At the end of the night, how much was your bill? Uh, let's see. There was four of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little over $500. Worth it? Yeah.
1: So you like the theatrics that were... Uh that were incorporated well that's into different world. yeah that was oh, a that was a lot of different. fun yeah because
0: okay. they were trying to kill me they jumped, dude a motherfucker dove through the window of my hut slash table to give me the sake menu jumped through the window dove through it did like a barrel roll on the ground and stood up and goes sake and he pulls out this like scroll and slams on the table then dives back out the window how did you not instinctively punch him in the face he's a ninja I didn't see it coming he oh, was too fast oh I got you Okay. Okay. But that's okay. Not only is it okay, Uh totally worth $500. Money well spent. Yes. It took like three hours to have dinner.
1: Now, what would happen if one of the things on the menu, one of your guests who you were with, ordered something
0: flambéed? I did. You piece of shit. I got the the lamb and it comes in a bait. Like, they bring over (sighs) this big bonfire with the lamb on top of it. (laughs) So, (laughs) you (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh God! You have a, a, an issue with the whole concept of something being flambeed. But not only did you go to a like a Broadway <laughs>
0: <laughs> performance for your dinner, you then ordered flambeed lamb. <laughs> yeah, but the thing—it's different because
1: the whole—you you were probably as giddy as a schoolgirl. You're yeah. probably applauding every single time. They, oh, oh, yes, yes, more, more. <laughs> every time they jump through the window. Oh, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> it's different because I'm okay. going to this place. No, everything is a the is a, it's the- a thing, I think. Now oh, the tides
1: have turned. Come on, baby. No way. Yes. Yes. Sam's chalice of fumbles. Reaching for the screwball. That's with a K, not a C, by the way. Very nimble, by the way. You've dodged all of the, uh, <laughs> the shit that's in the way. And for today's
0: proclamation. To Kinsman and Flaming Lamb. Well done. Oh. Screwball with a K. So... Uh, Yeah, it's different. You're going into a theatrical uh, encounter. The whole thing is designed to be fucking nimbly-bimbly and wild and crazy. I'm talking about you and I go to a restaurant in a suit and tie. A nice restaurant. You've been to the landmark over here, right? No. You fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Yes, I have. have, A nicer restaurant. Yeah, it's very nice. A button-down shirt. Yes. Slacks or khakis, perhaps. Connecticut casual, I like to say. Excuse me? Connecticut casual. What the fuck is that? You, you know what I mean. <laughs> I've never been to Connecticut. I, I don't understand. You know. Actually, that is a lie. I have been to Connecticut. Uh, now we're sitting down. It's quiet. Hushed okay. tones. Everyone's talking. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. with our wives, perhaps. Sounds good. And then I order something. Yeah. Here's where this is different. I order something. And you're not really paying attention. Everyone's food comes out. Am
1: I not paying attention because I'm regretting going out to dinner?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gazing into your wife's eyes, perhaps. Uh, we're having a moment. Yeah. Or maybe we're all talking and just the orders go around. Like I never really pay attention to what other people order, except for my wife, because if it sounds like something I might like, I'll steal from her plate.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: So now you're, you order the filet and your filet comes out. Yes. Uh, the wife orders a sea bass. Delicious, Chilean, of course. And then, of course, here come a a, a a contingent of waiters over to me, pushing this cart. Oh, it's somebody's birthday. And they they light something on fire this in front great. of all
1: of us. It's a fucking show. Extra tip. That's the way I'm
0: looking right now. I'm thinking more money for the tip. No, that's well, not you got to pay all the people that are not pushing not the cart <laughs> over to the table. It's not appropriate. It's that's a quiet restaurant. None of that is necessary. Just like when I go out to a restaurant and you hear Hey, hey, ho, ho hey, 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 ho, ho, hey, hey, everyone! We got a birthday in the house! I'm the kind of three! Everyone say Happy Birthday! One, two, three! Die! 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 <laughs>
1: What if they're doing it for like a fucking
0: twelve-year-old? Fuck that kid! <laughs> I hope you get syphilis.
1: Oh,
0: boy, hey, hey, what you say? Eat a dick. <laughs> Spotted. Oh. So, it's- yes, to unnecessary theatrics. Cheers. Here, here. Oh.
1: I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of... Dungeons
0: and Dragons! We're not alone. What's out there? I can't tell. Someone is watching us. They're very good. They're very hidden. But they're out there. It's still night? Yeah. If you were to look at Citadel, you can see him gazing up at, like... Chunks of rock, uh, not necessarily a cave, but like an outcropping up on the cliff face and not the same kind of thing that the snakes are using. This is more of a natural uh, setup. What color are his eyes? They're blue. Okay. But he is staring intently at this rock face. It's very shadowed, very dark.
1: You think we should leave?
0: I'm not sure how long they've been there, but they haven't moved.
1: They? You think they're this individual whatever it is yeah. okay all right let's get out of here
0: all right you're going to start packing up yeah as soon as you start making moves to start packing things up citadel already says warhammer he's, he's coming, coming. i'm going to try to hide give me a stealth check 21 wow uh So Citadel is just gripping his warhammer and standing more erect. And uh, out of the shadows, you see, maybe you're in a little bit of bushes or whatever. You see this robed individual walking with his hands up. And he stops in the middle of the road when he sees that Citadel is standing there. And you can't see his face, but his stop wasn't like, okay, I'm not here to cause trouble. His stop was like a holy shit. And now he's just standing there with his hands up.
1: He says nothing.
0: He's uh, His robes are kind of dirty. There's there's nothing fancy about them. They're not like uh, royal robes. These are more like just shards of clothing um, draped over them. Uh, no armor or weapons really to speak of, just him standing there. Uh, he's completely bald. He's a human. Completely bald and just standing there motionless with his hands up. So I'll, I'll give
1: away my position. Um, I don't come out, but I just say... Uh
0: can I help you, friend? He nods his head yes. What can I help you with? Slowly and smoothly, no jittery movements, he points to the snake and then kind of puts his finger across his throat like uh, like an execution. Are you telling me you killed the snake? And he nods. So what again do you need help with, friend? Very slowly, he reaches into his robes. And if you don't stop him, he starts producing some kind of parchment and he drops it at his feet and he takes one step back with his hand still up in the air.
1: Okay. I don't come out and I don't call Citadel by name, but I just say retrieve that parchment.
0: Not as gingerly or delicately Citadel just charges forward, grabs it. This guy keeps backing up every step the Citadel takes. He takes like five backwards. Citadel grabs this parchment, crumples it up to shit as he tries picking it up, and walks backwards back to the camp, and is just holding it. Can you read it? He kind of one-handedly unfurls the paper and looks at it. I don't speak this language. Do you recognize what language it is? Your language. Okay. Uh, I just shout out. Will that be all, friend? So he kind of shrugs and then puts his hands out like... um almost like imploring you are you here for the snake he uh he shakes his head and you see him start counting with his hand he just keeps going one two three four five with his fingers over and over again he backs away more and then he he sits down on the like a rock on the opposite side of the trail pretty far away from you at this point and with his hands keeps motioning uh Almost like he's asking you to do, to come, like, hurry up kind of a thing. Not in, like, a mean way, but just he's, he's trying to convey that he wants you to do something. Right, right. All right. I'll, uh, I say, hand me that parchment. All right. So Citadel hands it to you. And I look at it. So basically it says, um, the Temple of the Burning Fist was destroyed thanks to the Vipers. As the last remaining member... I am sworn to a vow of silence until I avenge my temple. So he watches you read it. He you probably look back up at him when you finish. Yeah. And he's putting his hands together like he's praying. Where was your temple? He uh so he stands up and he makes like a triangle shape with his hands. Uh and then points kind of towards the direction you're walking but into like the mountain a little bit. Okay. So either he's just generally pointing or he's being extraordinarily specific. It's hard to tell.
1: Harrison will turn to Citadel. Have you heard of this order? No. How many more snakes do you think were in there?
0: A few, at least. Um, When I fell in, I could hear more leaving. So I assumed we were by ourselves. But just before you appeared i could feel more moving beneath my feet so it's guess are in there
1: okay he'll yell back to this guy friend you killed this snake
0: he stands up and not cocky or any way just nods his head yes so you should have no problems killing the rest right he kind of shrugs and puts his hands back together you can obviously write he uh he he nods his head yes And with his right hand, he starts uh, pretending like he's writing. With his left hand, he slaps his hand.
1: So you have the ability to
0: write, but through your vow of
1: silence, you choose not to. And he nods his head yes. Okay. Then who wrote this on the parchment? He points to himself. So I assume you wrote this as you were taking your vow of silence.
0: And he nods his head yes. And
1: you just carry this message to show travelers who you meet along this path?
0: He nods his head yes, and he makes his way slowly with his hands up toward you. Uh, But off to the side, let's just say there's like a tree maybe. Right. And he walks up to the tree, and almost in a blink of an eye, in like an inhuman speed, he does something with his hands and feet, and this tree gets chopped to shit, falls into pieces with his bare hands and feet, and then he backs away with his hands up. He points to the snake and he does like a karate chop with his hand to his own neck and then points to the snake again. And if you were to look at the snake, you can see right around near its, not that snakes have necks, but where its head meets its body, you can see that's where the disjointed bones and bruises are. Okay. And then with his fingers, he's kind of wiggling them and wiggling his hands uh, and then starts counting again with his one hand. Is that how many snakes are left? he uh he does that thing with his hand left he, he puts his hand flat and then starts moving it left and right like maybe okay roughly he puts his hands together again like he's praying and then he also starts doing the uh he rubs his thumbs on his fingers indicating money and then he he kind of like makes that motion and then like flaps his hands out towards you as if he's giving you right, something
1: right. I say um my friend and I have already killed three
0: his eyes go wide and uh he kind of like half smirks um his facial expressions have been pretty much blank this entire time and he kind of half smirks and you see him kind of look up up into the air uh just his eyes looking up almost like he's thinking and now he starts kind of doing like a one two one two one two and then maybe a shrug
1: okay tell me friend have you come across a man with
0: red hair uh, he thinks for a minute and kind of looks to the ground and slowly nods his head. What happened? Uh, Please, in your own <laughs> words. <laughs> um. He So he walks towards you like his hands now instead of up, they're out like trying to ask permission to come closer. How far away is he from me? He's on like, the other side of the of the path. Okay. I I wave him closer. So he,
1: he starts coming closer and he... he uses How close st- was he to that tree when he fucking annihilated the tree?
0: Like off to the side somewhere. But like on top of the tree? Like he was physically striking the tree? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, so as he walks closer, he comes towards like a rock and he starts with his hands simulating like a hammer strike onto the rock and he starts rubbing his hair uh, and then starts stroking like an imaginary beard and while he's striking the rock he starts making the snake motion with his left hand still striking the rock with the imaginary hammer in the right and then he opens his left hand and almost like swallows his imaginary hammer so the man with red hair was attacked by a snake he nods his head Um, what about his companions uh so he starts doing with his right hand Like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then with his left hand, making the snake motion and then swallowing his hand, making the number symbol. Um, He stops doing that, shrugs, and then uses his karate chop, uh, chopping his snake hand and does like the sign of the cross.
1: So you're looking for our help to clear out the remaining snakes in the nest.
0: And he nods and puts his hands together like praying again.
1: I look at Citadel just to kind of gauge his reaction to this. If he shows any sort of, not that he's showing emotion, but like, is he just standing there stoically, like not even moving or? Yes. Yeah. Still gripping his war hammer. All right. But me
0: saying that this guy's asking for help.
1: It's not anything that Citadel was like, oh, we should.
0: No for better and worse citadel leaves all decision making to you
1: right no that's what i figured but um i mean more
0: worse than than better you can ask his opinion
1: uh i look at citadel and i say seeing what our robed friend is capable of doing after witnessing what took place with him in that tree um what's the probability of us going the three of us into back into the nest and eradicating these snakes
0: if his count is correct, I don't see any reason why we would have any problems. His count is what concerns me.
1: You think there's more than what he's saying?
0: I don't know. If he's wrong, that could be a problem. Okay. I'm confused why he needs our help. Because at least he's he's taken out at least two of these. Right. If, if, if his pantomiming, pantomiming is correct, is he, correct, he killed, killed one that, that attacked these, these dwarves. Dwarfs. And he seemingly killed this one. We've killed three.
1: Well, maybe his fear is encountering numerous snakes all at one time.
0: Maybe. Has he actually gone into the mountain? Into the into the tunnels?
1: That's a good question. Let's ask him. And I, I look over at him again. And I'll wave him closer.
0: Okay. And he never puts his hands to his side. He always keeps them out more. You get the sense more to keep you at ease. Right. He's trying, to, if you were to guess, he's trying to be as open and honest as possible without being able to speak. Right. And I'll, I'll motion to him and, and say at the same time, like, trying to be respectful,
1: like, you you could put your hands down. Because in Harrison's mind, if this guy tries to do anything, I think Citadel will fucking smash this guy into tomorrow. That's Harrison's take. Like, he thinks he'll just fucking warhammer <laughs> right, the, yeah. the snot out of this guy.
0: Um, so, and he he does, and he, he nods um, appreciatively. And I, I look him in the eye. And say, have you tried to go into the caves yourself? Uh, he does this thing again, where he puts his hand and moves it side to side, like kind of. Um, he he shows with his hands uh, trying to climb, and then imitating like he's going to fall. So why not look for an entrance that's ground level? Why did I make this character? This <laughs> is tough. Uh, he, he squats down and with his left hand, he pretends that he's a snake. And with his right hand, he goes to karate chop it, but pretends like he can't. Like he can't reach it? Sure.
1: Okay. What time of day is it? It's... It's still night? Or we're leading into...
0: Well, you got woken up, so it's, it's nighttime. Right.
1: I look... I look at this robed figure,
0: my friend and I will help you. We'll help you exterminate the remaining snakes in the caves. He, uh, he smiles and he holds his hand out to shake hands.
1: All right. I put my left hand behind my back.
0: Okay. I'm just,
1: I'm pre like if, if I need to draw my dagger out, okay, you know, gotcha. it's just going to be behind my back uh, and I'll go up to him and and shake his hand,
0: this handshake. Is like shaking a piece of steel. It is the hardest and firmest handshake you might have ever felt in your entire life. Now not painful. That, he's not trying to hurt you. Right. But you can just tell by gripping his hand. Like it's almost like you're not grabbing flesh.
1: Now, are you are you saying that because I have a horrible strength score? Or <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I get it. And he's like, Why am I shaking this fish?
1: <laughs> How did this guy kill it, I now I know it wasn't him, it was the big guy. He killed the snakes. <laughs>
0: Uh, after shaking your hand, he um, surprisingly, I guess it, it, maybe it's not surprising, he looks up at Citadel, nods, and holds his hand out to Citadel, and Citadel just kind of looks at him and then looks at you and then looks back to him, still holding his war hammer in the ready position.
1: Yeah. So I look to him and I say, "His his culture differs from ours. And I just look to Citadel and just tell him, you know, I make a motion with my hand that you can, you know, just kind
0: of relax, put the Warhammer down. So he uh, he lowers the Warhammer and just has the entire exchange has never stopped staring at this guy. Yeah. Not intimidating, not fearful, just this is a target. And until I'm told otherwise, I'm not going to stop looking at him. Yeah.
1: Okay. No, and that's, that's good. Um, at sunbreak, we'll head into the cave. Is that good friend?
0: And he nods again, and he puts his hands together like he's praying, and uh, smiles. He motions to the fire, and uh, he motions with his left hand to the fire, and with his right hand, puts his fingers up in the air and starts wiggling them.
1: You want us to make a fire?
0: He shrugs, and he walks over, uh, and takes two stones and holds them over the coals. Looks at you, and as he's looking at you, he gingerly strikes them together, making a spark, and looks back to you. Go ahead. So he reaches up to near the bushes and stuff, grabs some twigs, puts them down, starts, I mean, furiously smacking these stones together, and within a couple minutes, uh, there's a fire going. And he's sitting uh, cross-legged in front of the fire. And just sitting with his back kind of erect, and just staring at the flames. Okay. Uh, so I, I get we'll
1: grab our uh, we'll grab our gear. We'll bring it over to the to this fire pit. And I look at Citadel. I say, "Look, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go back to sleep. And keep an eye on him. I'll keep
0: both eyes on him if you want.
1: Yes, do just that."
0: So uh, the rest of the night passes. Um, yeah, I just
1: tell him, wake me at the uh, the first sign of sunlight.
0: All right, so the sun is up, and um, Citadel wakes you up, and this guy is still sitting seemingly in the exact same position in the exact same spot, staring at this fire. He move at all? No. I call over to him. Are you hungry? He uh, he nods his head Yes. Um, and then puts both of his hands out to stop you.
1: You want no food?
0: And And I'm reaching in my
1: pack. I'm grabbing some of that jerky that I had. uh, He shakes his head no.
0: Okay. And then does the hands together thing.
1: All right. So I eat some jerky.
0: And since we reacclimated
1: ourselves with with the area, I say we break down camp and we head towards the entrance that I had found. Okay. Where at least I know that rope is...
0: All right. Uh, yeah. So you find that. Uh, you find the rope. And if you want, we're able to go in without much issue. Okay.
1: All right. We're going to start working our way
0: into these caves. Uh, so would you have this guy go first or would you put him in the back or in the middle? No, I think once we get down...
1: Right, so we go into this area. Uh, we'll take the rope down. And then from there, as we start exploring down below, I'm going to have Citadel in the front, him in the middle, and, and I'll be the in the back.
0: Okay. All right, so we uh, we start searching. And about an hour of searching, we find our way back to this main chamber with all these corpses. And for the first time since you've met this, this person... Uh, he looks a little perturbed by all the bodies and the just the general scene of where we are, and uh, he just stops moving at some point. And if you're facing him or whatever, he closes his eyes and he just slowly he he starts slowly deeply breathing and is just standing completely still. If you make one motion, like a like a whip, his hand will come out and stop you. If you were to make a motion.
1: Well, I would think if he just stopped, like I continued, like walking around the, uh, like, uh, uh, let me, let me ask you this. The area that we're in where all these corpses are, it's relatively like a round kind of opening. And then it has all these different tunnels that lead off of it.
0: All up in the ceiling, along the walls, somewhere near the ground. Yeah, there's holes everywhere. Okay. So how far in did we get?
1: he observes all these bodies and then he stops and and starts doing this like meditation thing
0: like he's only what five feet in ten feet in as you were as you were exploring at some point he just stopped so maybe a few minutes after walking through okay and then he just stopped and now as I continue to walk he He throws a hand up he tries to stop you yeah okay so I
1: stop I call out to Citadel don't move
0: and after a moment give me a perception nine so you can you can hear those sounds of something rustling now it could be rats it could be a number of things eventually you see the body of a snake of some kind hovering near like the waterline of this muck that you're in which is probably like almost knee deep and you see it in the distance just kind of moving
1: i'm going to fire at
0: it okay give me an attack
1: Nineteen. Alright.
0: Roll damage.
1: Alright. Seventeen. Seventeen damage? Yes. Uh, you know, I've been fucking up. It's twenty. I forget I get two D six sneak attack damage.
0: This whole time? Yep. I thought you have been.
1: Nope. And Uh, I think that's why I was like, oh, you know why? I think I fucked up that other roll, why I thought it was higher, and I think I rolled the 2d6 that time. And then for some reason, I just completely fucking forgot.
0: All right, so what's the total damage? 20. Fuck. All right, so you fire the bolt into this thing, and it quickly submerges. And uh, now this, this robed character starts looking around, and you can hear him cracking his knuckles. And he does this image. He does the snake thing with his left hand and he says one with one finger. And he does it again. But this time he puts his hands together and makes like wings. Like a like a shadow puppet bird. Yeah, yeah. And then says two. And as he does that, this first snake pops up out of the uh, out of the sludge with a bolt hanging out of its body and kind of screeches. And then a second snake appears and it's from deeper in the tunnel. It comes down through the tube. And as it comes out of the tube, this one looks like it's big enough to eat the first one. And on its back are two big wings, wings. And they kind of flop down to the side and then unfurl. Um, They're very bat like looking wings
1: Last time I initiative. fought bats, didn't I go blind in one eye?
0: Fuck. <laughs> All right. Nine. All right. So it's going to be the snakes, Citadel, new guy, and you. Okay. Uh, so the snake that you shot looks right at you. Nine. No, we okay. So it kind of snaps at you. Uh, you right. maybe, I'm
1: assuming for this, it's base armor is 10, and then I have plus two dexterity bonus. So my AC is going to be a 12. Yeah.
0: So it snaps at you. You dodge out of the way. This big flying snake uh, kind of coils up in the back of the room and just squeals again. Citadel is up. Chances are of that. That even happened? I don't know. Uh, Citadel misses. Now this guy, with his cracked knuckles, some point out
1: to him that if he continues to do that, he could end up with arthritis. And
0: he uh, he writes in the muck fake news. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he like springboards up off of a pile of bodies, and like a bolt leaps toward this snake, and with a flurry of blows, punches and kicks and palms, you can hear the sickening cracking of bones and and bursting blood vessels, and the snake starts almost spasming and locks up in a certain position with its head up in the air and its tail up in the air, and almost falls to the side and doesn't move.
1: I can't recognize if it's dead or alive.
0: No. Okay.
1: Amazed by his talent... I'm going to assume that that snake is dead. And I'm going to go ahead and fire. I'm going to fire at the the large snake with the bat wings. Now, nobody's engaged with this, right? No. Crit.
0: Holy shit. No sneak attack damage, though. So 12 on the first hit. Give That's a- doubled.
1: That's my double damage.
0: The final damage is 12. Yes. Give me D D-100.
1: 99.
0: <clears throat> Roll your damage again. Roll your crit damage again. Let me that. So do
1: this and then double it again. Yep.
0: Pretend like you just rolled another crit. 22. Uh, so... And
1: that's my first attack.
0: Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Roll your next attack. Twenty two. So you
1: uh you fire these arrows and Oh that wasn't damage, twenty two.
0: Oh that was the hit.
1: I rolled to hit. Yeah I was waiting. Oh, to, I'm like sorry, I don't I'm know sorry, what his I'm AC sorry. is.
0: Go ahead. Uh the damage was ten. Alright, so you fire these arrows and uh, through sheer luck it would seem, um the first bolt Penetrates some kind of sac or some kind of organ beneath the skin that you can't see, and it just starts gushing this serpentine blood, and it starts writhing in pain, and now it is up. It targets you because oh. it's not happy All right. with you. Oh, were you gonna? I was gonna attempt. Okay, to go ahead. Sorry, stealth check. Fifteen barely makes it. Alright, so he does not target you. He targets uh, Citadel. And he
1: hits. (laughs) What is that, like the fourth time? Nah.
0: Fifth. Good, good. Uh, He does 16 damage to Citadel. But he, he opens his mouth and he sprays out this toxic saliva. Some might call it jowl juice. Jowl juice? Where
1: have I heard that before?
0: And uh, it hits Citadel like a truck but now he is also restrained by this jowl juice. And he loses a turn. Fuck. Our friend is up and he rushes in. He uses the first snake which is still in this state of suspended animation as like a springboard and dives up off of this thing and lunges right toward this snake with the wings and just starts punching and beating at it and ends up gripping onto like one of its wings and is just like launching elbows and knees into like its winged armpit Mm. and you're up
1: from behind the muck this guy's, like, all about being in your face, and I'm hiding behind dead bodies. From out of the muck.
0: <laughs> Come on. Crit
1: number two. Come on. Swear to God. Did I roll a 20 and a 16? Roll damage. Oh, uh, and I get sneak attack. So that's nine. 16, so 32.
0: Okay. So from out of the muck... We don't have to. Yeah, don't even bother. Uh, while this while this guy is launching these knees and elbows into this giant winged monstrosity, you fire a bolt with such precision. At this point, now it's it's starting to become obvious that you're not lucky. You're just that that good, at least from others watching you. This bolt fires through the air, enters the bridge of this snake's mouth, and penetrates up into its brain, and the snake falls down. And this man in robes rides it down as if it was an amusement park and just rides him all the way down to the ground. And for good measure, he just launches one palm into the top of its head and jumps off of him and starts making his way back towards you. I look
1: at him and I say, just so we clear, I killed that. <laughs> That's my kill.
0: It only counts as one. <laughs> um, so uh, he motions to the tunnels. Uh, like, okay, maybe we can get the fuck out of here now. This is gross. I point at the other one. Is is he dead? He uh, he looks at it and seemingly um, blasé walks up to it and spins around with like a roundhouse kick and kicks it over. It doesn't actually move. It's just the entire thing, almost like it has rigor mortis just tips over and he shrugs and starts climbing up the rope, which I assume now we've marked. We know which tunnel it is. Yeah.
1: So, so this here. guy bails out of this. Uh... Yeah.
0: He does not like being
1: in here. Okay. All right. So we head back towards that tunnel and grab onto the rope.
0: Um, all right. So you guys climb your way back out. Yeah. Um, he asks you for his parchment back. So I, I give it to him. He pulls like a branch or something and stabs himself in the hand. He takes the blood that comes out of his hand and puts it on this parchment, folds it back up, and slides it back into his robes and turns around. Thank you. No. No. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. I was ready for this, like, epic voice. When you turned away from the mic, I'm like, wow, he's practiced. This is going to be great.
0: All right. Welcome uh, Welcome back. You know, I was thinking uh, of the most embarrassing times people have wished me a happy birthday in a restaurant, because I don't know if we've talked about it on the show or not before, but uh, I do not enjoy celebrating my birthday. No. I, don't want, I want to know it's my birthday. It's just another day. Leave me alone. My wife loves making me uncomfortable, and one of the few things that makes me uncomfortable is mass public attention, especially that I'm not prepared for. Okay. And there was a place in Albany, uh, Bugaboo's mm. Steakhouse. And here they come. Hey, hey, what you say? Hey, hey. And here comes a line of fucking assholes, and they're carrying a gigantic taxidermied what? moose head. What? And they, they bring. They carry a, a moose head. So they put out a saddle on a sawhorse. <laughs> you sit on the saddle, and they make you kiss the moose head, and they take a picture of it.
1: W- was it even your birthday? Because the best would be to go and fucking just pick some random person at the table. No, she good. brought
0: me there. She because she used to live near the area. Okay, so she knew she was hip to what they did for birthdays. So mm. she just decided to be funny to do that to me. Good, well done. I give her credit for that, though. Yeah, she did it on purpose to fuck yes. with you. Yes, good. Uh, so Halloween, uh, we're still down for what? What we want to do? the special edition podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a cool idea. Uh, never been done in the history of radio. No, never. We're blazing the, the trail. Uh, we are going to do a watch along. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a movie in silence uh, and we're going to give commentary on it. Uh, it's a horror movie to fit with Halloween, And uh all you have to do is watch the movie with volume, without volume, but then play us in the background and listen to our expert analysis on the movie. And the movie that's been selected Creep Show 2, a movie that I have seen maybe 30 times. When did this movie come out? 87, okay. 88, maybe. And a movie that I've seen once, probably
1: in 88. Wow. Yeah.
0: Now, are you gonna watch it again? Nope. Okay. So you're gonna be like the annoying girlfriend yep. whispering in my ear, who's that? Yep. Why is that happening? Exactly. Okay. Um yeah, so for those who don't know, Creep Show two uh is I think three stories. One of them is with the wooden Yeah uh, indi- indigenous we just celebrated this day. Indigenous person. Uh I prefer red skin. Indian Red (laughs) Uh, So one of them is a wooden savage um, Scalping the white man (laughs) One of them is this black tar ooze That eats a bunch of kids swimming in a pond And one of them is a hitchhiker That gets run down by a rich lady Thanks for the ride, lady Mm. So uh, you can find this movie for free in various places, uh, it's also on Amazon Prime Video. Yes, uh, where we will be watching it. So look forward to that. <coughs> uh, we're still doing this giveaway of the creme brulee, uh, a drawing by me, and a random tin of shit from Chris. Yes, um, I guess we'll do that till the end of the month. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I guess, well, I guess the tin we'll throw and it'll be this haunting, right? Oh, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, yeah that, that's good. So the haunting, you will get tin number. 1,154. I'm going to go play the pick four.
1: I'm going to the gas station. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to go play the fucking pick four. And I'm going to choke up the entire line. Buy some scratch-offs.
0: It happened to me the other day. Again? It happens all the time, but the other day was particularly bad because the guy turns around and acts like he's annoyed that he has to push through the whole line of people that have been created because of his addiction. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: You should have punched him in the dick <laughs> on
0: his way out. It
1: okay. should have been like that scene from Airplane when they all just line up in the aisle to just beat the yeah. brakes off of that fucking guy in the chair. Yeah, that's what it should have been. So, uh
0: two GLPs. A fine fella. To Sutliff? Yeah,
1: yeah, Sutliff. Can't go wrong. With both GLPs and Sutliff, I don't, I don't think we've been disappointed with either one so far. Uh
0: to Jameson. Very stout. And to the ninjas. Aye. Aye. To dice. And pipes. <laughs>